Welcome to Insights and Indicators. I'm Jason Thomas, Carlisle's Head of Global Research and Investment Strategy. And in this podcast, I share our observations and opinions on the economic landscape, as well as insights from research being conducted by our team here at Carlisle. Today, we're discussing recent portfolio data and changes in the direction of monetary policy, especially the takeaways from last week's FOMC meeting. This episode was recorded on December 15th, 2023, and the discussion reflects composite portfolio data and analysis of recent government reports that are accurate as of that date. First, just that the backdrop from what we've seen in the portfolio, I do want to emphasize the scale of the disinflation that we've observed. Our index of components, parts, coatings, chemicals, semiconductors, other necessary inputs has seen the average price decline by about 14% over the 12 months ending in November. Uh, This is remarkable. This is the index that saw its average price increase by about 65% in the 12 months ending July 2022. So really quite a turnaround relative to the inflation that we saw in the middle of last year. At the same time, of course, the economy has continued to perform relatively well. For much of the year, the economy was powered by consumption. Much of that was experiences, travel, tourism, live events. That has turned down a bit over the past couple of months. It's still well above 2019 levels. Our most recent data are consistent with 14% spending above comparable weeks in 2019. But the economy has continued to grow because some of that has been offset by now increased goods purchases. So it, it seems that households are rebalancing their spending back towards goods that boom for much of 2023 in travel, tourism, again, dining out, those sorts of things. It seems to be fading somewhat, again, but underlying growth remaining fairly robust as goods purchases have picked up. So you know, the combination of disinflation, continued growth, and now I think even more good news from the perspective of investors in that last week's FOMC meeting, Chair Powell made very clear that the door was now very, very wide open to rate cuts in 2024. So, you know, interestingly, at the, the start of the month of November, there was a FOMC meeting where the Fed suggested that they really didn't need to increase rates anymore. And really, much of that was predicated on a tightening of financial conditions. The idea that bond yields had risen so much, credit spreads had widened, the stock market had sold off a bit. And in conjunction, all those factors would mean that the market was effectively doing the Fed's work for it. So there was really, again, no need for rate hikes, but that was contingent on those tighter financial conditions. As the month evolved, key members of the FOMC, notably Chair Powell himself, really started to eliminate that conditionality. The idea was now they were no longer going to need to raise rates anymore, but financial conditions didn't really need to remain that tight for that to happen. And so rather than try to disabuse market participants of the stock rally that was underway in November, uh, in many ways, the the FOMC members speaking publicly fed it. And and in fact, Governor Waller suggested really for the first time that rates could come down in 2024, even if there was no weakening in economic activity. He said, you know, just if inflation continues to move down towards target, there'll probably be rate cuts, even if the economy performs well. So that was the evolution over November. Then at the most recent meeting, there was a suggestion, not only is the Fed done hiking rates, but they had now discussed the possibility of rate cuts. 
And of course, in the summary of economic projections that accompanies on, on a quarterly basis, the FOMC meetings, the median participant expects three rate cuts for 2024. But, but I think more importantly, again, the, the fact that Powell made clear that this was something that they were thinking about discussing had really further turbocharged uh, the, this market optimism that it'll be the, the best of all worlds, a growing economy, unemployment remaining low, but then at the same time, much lower base rates of interest. I think from, from our perspective first, the idea that there's going to be some rate cuts next year, I think is, is very, very reasonable. And two rate cuts from the Fed really should likely occur even in the absence of any weakening in, in economic conditions. Much of that really just stems from the fact that real interest rates are very high. If you look at short-term real interest rates, they're about two and a quarter percent. Our estimates suggest that longer-run equilibrium real interest rate, and, and that's of course the, the nominal rate net of expected inflation, should probably be something like one and a quarter to one and a half percent once you get inflation down to target. So that does create some scope for rate cuts, even in the event uh, that the economy continues to grow and, and unemployment remains low. But by opening the door to rate cuts in this way, talking so openly about it, the Fed has actually invited market participants to be much more aggressive in their pricing. And after the FOMC meeting, futures markets priced in over six rate cuts for 2024. So the, the market expectation is that the Fed will leave rates unchanged at the January meeting and then really cut rates by 25 basis points each of the seven remaining meetings. This, you know, is is really fairly dramatic move, and and I think it's one that is largely inconsistent with expectations of of continued growth. So I think overall, one would say that you know you almost have to pick a scenario. It's one or the other. Either the Fed cuts rates that aggressively, and it comes in the context of much more weakening in the economic outlook than we currently see in the data, or conversely the economy continues to hold up reasonably well, and the Fed only ends up cutting rates maybe two or three times. Again, I, I think the first cut could come as soon as the March meeting or you know, one or two cuts in the first half of the year would be no surprise. But I think, again, if the economy performs well, it's likely to be a much more conservative approach, not as eager to get the base rates of interest down to what is currently priced by markets. One final note, the one area of weakness that we do see in the economy is in industrial orders. So that is durable goods, sales of things like autos, but then also equipment, business equipment purchases. Over the past several months, when consumers moved their spending towards experiences and, and away from goods, there was an unwanted inventory accumulation. So the inventory to sales ratios and things like home furnishings and electronics rose from about 1.5 times, uh, which was the average prior to the onset of the pandemic, to about 1.75. So this elevated ratio, of course, is going to have a negative impact on output, darken the outlook somewhat. And, and I think that that was a main driver of some of the pullback in the industrial sector that has been observed. I think what's also interesting is that when you have an unwanted inventory accumulation, you start to discount aggressively. And certainly we saw some aggressive discounting in the auto sector over the course of the year. So, you know, one wild card that people should keep in mind is that now that the consumer has switched back towards goods and we have seen 
the inventory to sales ratio dip back down to about 1.5, again, similar to, to where it was prior to the pandemic, there's not quite the same incentive to discount. And in fact, if growth and spending in this area continues to remain strong, you could imagine actually some stabilization in prices. Right now, inflation has come down as significantly as it has, precisely because there's outright deflation in goods. As I mentioned, outright deflation in components and parts that go into goods. How much of this is a reflection of higher interest rates, which makes many of those big ticket purchases more difficult to finance, more expensive, destroys demand in that way? And how much of it is actually just a cyclical phenomenon related to, again, this, this switch in spending and how much is now going to, uh, to be given back over the next few months? So I think it's, again, very interesting time, of course. I do think that a market that is priced for the uh, sort of Pollyannish best of all possible worlds is likely to be somewhat of a disappointment as the months roll on. But again, I, I think it's interesting to consider that some portion of the disinflation that we've seen is, is not a return back to the 2% target on, on a more sustained basis, but could in fact be something that just reflects that cyclical variation related to changes in spending patterns. So with that, thank you very much uh, for tuning in. I'd like to mention that uh, my annual outlook, five questions for 2024, will be available in early January. And next month's podcast will dive deeper into that outlook. So I hope you'll be on the lookout for that. On behalf of my team here at Carlisle, happy holidays, happy new year. Thank you for listening. And I hope you'll join us again for our next episode of Insights and Indicators.